how much of this is happening to all the people around us. You see everyone, even when they're like walking at the beach here, they're, yeah. you can see when someone's thinking by looking at their facial expressions, yeah, right? Yeah, you're just like, yeah. you're like, you're clearly not like at this beach and enjoying yourself. This, you are yeah, not, yeah. you are not mm -hmm. here. And I started no. to notice this a lot. And I was starting to feel people's pain because mm -hmm. at that time I'm like, well, I'm, I'm actually, I feel that I'm, I, I feel more, I feel more empathy yeah, towards people. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an emotional guy, even mm. being a bodybuilder and all that stuff. Mental health. Do you know that mental health affects one in four people worldwide? Well, today my guest, Rebecca O'Brien, is a certified stress management and burnout prevention coach. She's also a mindfulness instructor, nutritionist, and a former sales and marketing executive. Similar to me, we both work in the tech field and we've both experienced burnout in our own way. This conversation that we have today is just super powerful and impactful because here's someone who's really gone through her whole journey of working 15 years in international sales and marketing. And when she hit her physical burnout, it was so bad that she wasn't even able to get out of bed, struggling with insomnia, anxiety, you name it, all the symptoms that we definitely don't want to have for long, long periods of time. You know, through her journey, you'll discover so many things that can be helpful to you no matter where you are in your recovery phase or if you're starting to see that you have some need to get help. Rebecca is a really, really amazing person and I had a great time in this conversation. So I hope you'll enjoy it too. Let's tune in. All right, here we are, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here. It's uh, quite amazing. We've been on connected on LinkedIn for several months, I would say, for 2020. Um, haven't, yes, met you, yeah. haven't met you in person, definitely interacted with you a lot on, uh, on the mm -hmm. LinkedIn page, of course. It's it's fantastic to kind of get this time with you just because I see you're one of the few people who is openly out there talking about overworking, right? A yeah. lot of the times people have a lot of these motivational things to like get you to work harder, to work smarter, to kind of make yourself more, more and more. Mm -hmm. And you're one of the people who I think I could relate with because I had somewhat of a similar, not a burnout situation, but more of more similar to, I guess, like a quarter life crisis, you could call it. Like I wasn't sure yeah. at all, like <clears throat> where my life's headed, why am I doing all this? And, you know, several years after that now, it's just, I feel like I'm still not a hundred percent there. And I don't think mm. if you're a hundred percent done in life, then what's the point of living really? You, you got to have some little growth to go Very to, right? True. So yes, really want to start out by giving you the stage to just kind of hear, you know, like, what is it that you know, you do now and like what drives you to do that? You know, give us a little context before we get dig digging into it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very, very, very blessed to be here today. I, I can definitely say that and really doing what I'm doing. I'm grateful for what happened. But for me with my burnout and really going back, my life completely changed. It completely took you know, 180 turn and really knocked me off my feet. Uh, that was the thing, as they say many times in burnout, that you really just hit the wall. And I had no idea what was coming. Um, I just completely ignored all, you know, symptoms, emotions. I think really being in connection with myself mind, body, soul, you know, holistically throughout, throughout my career and throughout my entire life of just really stuffing emotions down and stuffing, 
feelings down and just really keeping on the fast train. Was that your like so, conditioning as a, like from your parents or how do you, where do you think you got that? Like sort of just keep working and, you know, forget about all this emotional stuff, you know, let's just keep going. Where, where do you think you got that from? I think it's both. I think it's like you're saying, you know, with my parents, my conditioning, absolutely. You know, we're all very passionate in, in our family and, and we're half Irish, half Swedish. I have a, a little sister and we're all very, very open, communicative, very passionate, go, you know, love life. But one of the things that was really big for me and, and huge change in my life was I grew up in the Bay Area and lived there until I was 11. And then we moved to Sweden. And from that, it was just such a, a shock into culture, language, everything new, you know, my whole roots had basically been uplifted. So you were born in the United States in the Bay Area and then you moved to Sweden? I was actually born in Galway in Ireland. And then when I was like four, four or five months, we moved to the Bay Area because dad got, you know, work in IT in Silicon Valley. And, and that's how we stayed there. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then what prompted yeah. the move to Sweden? Well, my mom's Swedish, so they really wanted us to, you know, both have fam family around us because we had no relatives or anything so growing up, but have family be able to experience another culture and another language, of course, as well with, you know, Swedish. Sure. But just really experience something else. And and I think today I'm so grateful for that and, and I love it and I love you know, both worlds. That's why I spend and split my time between San Francisco and, and Stockholm. But I think really then it was, I just went into complete survival mode and kind of just stayed with that to really shut down everything else that was going on in my life as a, as a child and the difficulties of transitioning into that new world. So I just basically jumped on the train from after college and focused on my career. I feel like the barrier does that to a lot of people because you're just surrounded with the cream of the crop, so to speak, right? You get the top yeah. graduates from all the schools around the world coming into mm. one place to, you know, really work and, and work at some of the biggest companies that we know, like household names nowadays, yes. right? But huge yeah. businesses with lots of money and lots of growth mm -hmm. tracks and things like that. So it's a very competitive environment, but it's also, you know, it's tough. Like the, I would say the Bay lacks a work-life balance. Um, you yeah. know, several yeah. years that I lived there, the reason I kind of fell into a deeper depression there up there was mm -hmm. primarily due to, I didn't have any of my family up there. It was just me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find myself making deep friendships up there. Even if let's say I had a few friends up there, it was still tough because everybody was either, you know, far further away or you're commuting mm. to work. And like, by the time yeah. you get home, it's already late. So mm. it just, it just didn't like have that sort of close lifestyle that I was looking for. And I'm not trying to say that yeah. everyone's lifestyle is like that in the barrier. I'm just saying that I feel like more people kind of fall into this uh, cycle of working really, really hard because, mm. you know, not for because it's bad, but because it's something you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm honored to be part of something like this. So I'm really going to mm. push myself. Yeah. But you yeah. need that balance, right? You need all mm. these different aspects. 
you know, mm-hmm. in your story, yeah. it's it's incredible to hear where you mentioned, at least I read about where you, you were in such a burned out state after doing what you were doing for, how many mm-hmm. years were you doing it before you had hit that burnout? So I worked in corporate 15 years. So yeah, so right after college, I, well, sorry, college, we finished kind of earlier in in Sweden because at that stage I was doing college in Sweden. But right after that, I jumped over to Dublin, Ireland and started my career at Oracle. And then I was like 15, 15 years in different sales and marketing around Europe with a few different companies. Got it. And then mm. when you did hit your burnout, like what really mm. hit me very hard was that it it actually debilitated you physically where even the yes. simple things that yeah. we take for granted, like, you know, waking up and getting mm. out of bed and taking a shower or going for a walk, yeah. all of those things started to feel like, you know, a large mountain to climb, so to yeah. speak, right? So oh yeah, talk to me a little yeah. bit about like what you were kind of going through in that, in your head and in your body and in your experience in that stage. Yeah. That was, that was probably the most difficult thing I've been through in, in all my life. It was, you know, for a year, kind of up until my, my, I got diagnosed with burn, it was burnout and depression finally. But up until a year, I was really noticing that something was off. I knew that something was, something was wrong with me just in terms of kind of symptoms showing up. And I was a very healthy, very active, you know, have always loved health and wellness, fitness, exercise in my life. But certain symptoms started showing up. And I went to about, I think, five, six different hospitals within that, within that year before burnout, where they were trying to find and diagnose me with, you know, what's, what's going on. So for me, they thought, I mean, it was everything from they were looking for brain tumors, you know, was it cancer? I was in a dementia hospital taking all tests and everything. And for me, I could only I could only give them all, you know, mention the symptoms that I have. But they were always asking me, you know, are you stressed? What's going on in your life? Do you have kids? You know, what what is the what is your foundation or what what does life look like? I've got a quick favor to ask of you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could take one minute of your time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way, and I'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you've already done that, thank you again. Please share this episode with someone you know, a friend or family member. Download the episode or share the link, whatever works for you. Now let's get back to it. And for me, I, you know, I don't have kids, but but the main thing was, I didn't feel stressed. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look at my lifestyle as a stressful, as a stressful lifestyle. It was kind of, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing, living healthy, trying to take care of myself, you know, sleep and different things were off. And I, I probably, you know, I wasn't prioritizing myself in, in that sense. I was having, I mean, for me, it was definitely the being tired all the time, like brain fog, fatigue. At the end, I had, you know, aches and pains in my body. I couldn't 
couldn't concentrate. This, of course, got worse up until, you know, I was diagnosed with burnout. I had hair loss like the last two months. So something, something was definitely, you know, off with that. So, you know, there's so many parallels there because at least when I hit somewhat of my like low state a few, several mm. years ago, I remember sitting in doctor's offices and telling them what I was going through and, yeah, and them not really having a clear understanding of like, Hey, is this a psychological thing that's self-inflicted yes, yeah. versus is yeah. this, is this something that can we cure? I deep inside me knew that like, I feel that I can get myself out of this, but mm. I wasn't willing to really just like, I was stubborn about the solution. And you mentioned mm. that you were not labeling yourself as stressed out. And I feel like a lot yeah. of us don't accurately explain our feelings, especially when mm. asked, like we have these automatic, like, no, I'm not stressed or everything's fine yeah. in my life. Yeah. You know, like talk to me about what was the point then? Was it just because all these symptoms then started to show up and you couldn't avoid it? And now you're like, well, I guess I got to, you know, admit that there's something really wrong here versus me just accepting, yeah. you know, that there isn't. Yeah, that's it's such a good, good point you're saying with that there, because it's it's also in that terms of like the acceptance and the acknowledgement of it, because I was the same as you, you know, I'm very driven. I'm stubborn. I always say that for my Irish, you know, side, but. I really, you know, I didn't see it. I had no idea. I had no, I was like, I'm fine. You know, I'm healthy. I mean, my job doing this, that, and the other. But I really couldn't see, you know, I couldn't see what it was. And when they finally, when they finally, when I got diagnosed, it was really that sense of hitting the wall where I, you know, it went two days. I think I called my boss the, the day after and let her know. And I was still pretty much in denial where I thought that, oh, you know, they're saying I'm burnt out. I'll, I'll be back in three weeks. You know, it's just a short little break. It'll be fine. I'll be back. Maybe I can check some emails at home, you know, whatever. And then two days later, like I couldn't get out of bed. Like just completely shut down. My whole system, I, you know, I couldn't cook for myself. I couldn't, I couldn't put clothes on. I couldn't go, you know, to bathroom, whatever. I was, I was. So with this, yes. So with this, it went, it was like two days of this, two, three days. And then my parents had to come and pick me up and I had to move in with them and stay there for a year. Well, I'm thankful was, that you at least had them yeah. to do so. Yes, yes incredibly thankful with that. You know, I got to, I got to actually heal and they live outside in or in the countryside. So I was very lucky, I think in that sense to, you know, have someone, have someone there for me, have someone, you know, nutrition wise or being able to take care of my body in, in the sense of coming back, which was such a, a slow road, but just having the essentials of, you know, um, healthy foods, being able to sit outside and, you know, with the forest or with nature and, and in that sense, really heal and just be silent. The love, I'm sure, just from being around your mom and dad. I mean, as a, as a kid, we all remember those things. 
Mm. And I think part of that is maybe accounted to your healing in a way, just to have, you know, even their energies around you and just like not feel like you're by yourself. I know for me, one of the hardest things being in the Bay Area and being uh, in a depressive state full of anxiety was being by myself, you know, being in an Mm. apartment all by Mm. myself, commuting for hours a day and then coming home to an apartment empty by myself, feeling miserable. And I remember many nights I couldn't get any kind of sleep, like for months and months. Mm. And I think one of the things that really hit me very hard, one of the nights where I was sitting there thinking like, how long are you going to keep this up? Like, is this going to be like this for the rest of your life? And Mm. I really wasn't sure if I knew the answer whether or not that would be the case. And the reason Mm -hmm. I bring this up from your perspective, I want to hear when it was the absolute worst for you, you know, Mm. what was your inner Mm. dialogue like with you and what kind of things were going on? What, you know, tell me about that first. Like what was, what Mm. was going on inside your head at that time? What were you saying to yourself? What were you thinking about? Yeah, that was, it was, it was very tough. It was very tough because this is literally the first kind of couple of weeks after where I had been diagnosed, had, you know, I was sleeping 23 hours a a day because I was, I couldn't do anything else. I had kind of start, you know, started, I found a really good doctor and started, of course, meeting her in that sense as well. I got, you know, I was on to anti antidepressants and if it was anxiety medicine as well. For me, I've more struggled with depression in, in my life. So that was, that was kind of the bigger, bigger aspect of it, but really being in, in bed and laying there and the thoughts going on right there and then was extremely tough. I'm sure anybody that Uh, can't relate to this can also probably relate to something that we all go through is when we wake up in the morning and our Mm. mind is going nuts and we can't, when we don't really get out of bed, because a lot of us have this beautiful habit of being lazy in our mattress. So if you're laying there in the morning and your mind is going nuts and eventually you get sick of it and you wake up, I think Mm. that's that for prolonged periods of where you're in the bed, you know, for all day long, I can't Mm. even imagine what kind of chaos was going on inside of your mind, right? Like, yeah. And I want to hear a little bit about when you're saying depression, like elaborate a little bit for me. What is it? What is the depression about? Is it about just your existence or about meaning in your life or about just like the fact that you've gotten into this state where you're like, why me? Like, what is, what is this about? Mm. You know, what was the depression about? It was definitely everything at that point and, and all the points you, you know, you mentioned. With burnout, it's very, it's also very difficult because at the same time, okay, I'm sleeping 23 hours a day, but at the same time, your mind is going and all these thoughts and everything is coming in and you want to get up and get out of bed, but I physically could not, you know, I couldn't move my body. Like four steps to the, to the bathroom was just like climbing Mount Everest. So that part was a huge struggle as well. So of course, you know, thoughts of just being incredibly upset, incredibly, you know, questioning time, questioning the big whys, questioning what is, you know, what is going on and everything, questioning of 
how much of my medicine can I take that's beside me so I don't wake up tomorrow morning? So I had a lot of questions, big ones going on. But I know also there was a huge shift in that where it was, okay, do, do I really want to go down that path and, and make that dark, you know, very much a reality upsetting, more. yeah, upsetting decision, or do I, can I take this one, one step at a time? And really for me, the big, it wasn't really a wake up call, but it was just being, since I was going to, I was in bed for six months, it was more of acceptance. So acceptance just came over everything. And I felt, okay, if I can, if I can just practice acceptance in this moment and any moment that thoughts come up or worry or more depression or, you know, really trying to push myself, even though I couldn't, acceptance was something that helped me big time. Yeah, I think that's that's very powerful because in a way, when you were in your lowest state, right? It's mm. it's it's like, well, is, is it going to get really more worse than this? You know, and I and I'm already in the worst possible place, so mm. I can only get better from here. I mean, yeah, at this state, that's kind of like how I think I would I would say I thought of it as, mm. and that little bit of attitude about just that this could be better from here was enough mm. to then like just find success in just tiniest little things. Like I remember for me, yeah. I had no appetite at, at, at moments in time where I would just not want to eat anything at all. Mm. And because like literally it was so crazy how like the littlest things would feel like they're the world's biggest problem in their immediate sense. Like for example, yeah, yeah. it felt like I don't want to eat any of uh, this processed food. I don't want to eat any of this because mm. all of this is, again, me going into the cycle of, uh, you know, comfort. And the reason I got to here mm. is because I was losing sight of things. And I almost felt like I'm going to be super vigilant of every little thing that's going on with me. And I became hyper aware of it and almost to the point where it was almost like a, uh, it, it froze me. Like I, I wouldn't mm. do anything because it would just be like, I would hyper analyze it. You know, mm -hmm. you've probably heard the yeah. phrase analysis paralysis, right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely know that I, in those states, was going through those things. Like mm -hmm. I just, I, I wouldn't want to even leave the house. Like I would get paranoid yeah. about things when I'm not typically that type of person. And mm -hmm. and it was just really, really mind-boggling for me. And I couldn't figure out why. But mm -hmm. even with all that going on, I remembered that yeah like this is the lowest it's gotten mm. ever so it's only going to get better and i have still people that love me my parents my my girlfriend who's my wife now at the yeah. time was thankful for her to be in my life and you know all of these things that i'm i think you and i are talking about feel like most people go through this these days especially in the last decade or so with the advances of our technology and our connectiveness mm. we are literally staring at screens more yeah. hours in our day than we're not right like mm. besides mm. maybe sleeping and i know most people uh, also don't sleep on time or wake up on time they tend to yeah just get dragged on by their devices right and then we have to consciously make this effort to to do so like to walk away from them and i'm sure from your background and being in the corporate tech world as well for 15 mm. plus years 
tell me about like that experience because you probably weren't spending a lot of screen time when you were in this state, I imagine, because you were sleeping, but that juxtaposition of having been in front of like that kind of lifestyle to the not, like, what was that like for you? Of being, um, sorry, what was the last part of that question? I guess I'm trying to get into, we spend way too much time looking at our our phones and our computers because to a degree we justify like, well, that's how I make my money. I know I do that. Mm. I'll be like, well, I spend my time on my laptop, uh, all, you know, for eight to 10, 12 hours, because this is Mm. what I do to make my money. I have to be on the screen. I justify it that way to myself. And I'm not trying to Mm. demonize technology because it's amazing too. Uh, But at the same time, like, it makes me a little uncomfortable the fact that we spend so much time on it. And maybe, Mm. maybe that's just like, maybe that's just my own personal fear, but I want to hear now, since you're someone who was, I haven't been doing it for 15 years. Let's just put it that Mm. way. I haven't been working for 15 years, like when for in tech. So I want to hear like a, what is that perspective for, for like for you having been in tech and having spent all that time in front of mm. screens and then now switching away from them because you have to, because you have no choice. Like you're at this point, yeah. you, you don't have a choice. Like what was that transition like for you? Did you feel like it was helping you or hurting you? You know, I think, yeah, I think I, I, I hear you with that. And, and especially just on screens, I can say a couple of things changed in my life immediately. And that was, you know, my concentration was gone and, and, and memory was gone, basically, short term. And just going into everything with burnout, I was so sensitive to sound and light that I had no, you know, it wasn't even a choice of, can I spend more, can I spend time on my screen? I got rid of my TV um, at that stage and, you know, I've never looked back on that, which was the best decision I've ever made. Yes, I do have, of course, I'm, I'm still on my computer today. And of course, with my, and my phone, because just like you, that's, that's part of my business today. But I also just have limits or certain, you know, practices that I do today that help me. And when I know that, okay, I'm pushing myself a bit too far, or I'm not really respecting my boundaries or let's say work-life balance in that stage. It was something that I, I had to implement from really from the beginning of getting sick or, or, you know, really getting into burnout. But even at that stage, it wasn't, you know, it was further down the line of probably a year and a half after that I knew, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go back to the work I was in, or I'm not going to go back into that industry because that was that kind of part, that part had closed its door. And I had really made that choice to to close the door in my healing process. Because in the recovery also with burnout, like I went through so many different parts of healing, trauma healing, therapy, you know, breathwork classes, other specialists, you know, seeing them. And it was, it was so mind and mind, body, soul focused that I could really, that's kind of when my life changed completely. And 
I was closing the door on on what had happened previously to opening up to, okay, what is ahead of me? And I knew then I was also on the on the path to my purpose and and why I should be doing, you know, what I'm doing today. Right. So tell me a little bit more about these activities that you started incorporating in your life, like especially like you mentioned, breath work and mm-hmm. you know, other things that you were doing. I think I read you were you're obviously a mindfulness teacher, right? So yeah. at the time when you were learning these things, you know. How did how did you go about incorporating them? Because I think a lot of people hear that, oh yeah, you should do you should meditate, do this or that. Mm. But a lot of times we don't get to hear about like the starting points of it. You know, meditation is not easy. If anybody mm. hasn't tried to sit still for, you know, 10, 15 yeah. minutes, it's hard because a lot of times you're just like super distracted in your own thoughts and you don't mm. you're like, oh, I gotta do this thing, or my back hurts, or mm. this or that, whatever it is. Of course, you yeah. were so in a in a, I think in a different state where for context, I think for you, it might have been some something like where you're in this state and you can't really even get out. So anything that you could do to help you make it feel a little bit better, I think was almost like mm. a win, right? At that stage. Yeah. I, I, at least I know for me, why I still meditate till this day. And as of recently, I've started doing it twice a day because mm. I probably had one of the worst weeks, I would say, of 2020 this last week for my own mental health. Like I was just completely not in the right place. And my my identity was very shifted from where it normally is around who I believe myself to be and and what my purpose mm-hmm. is and all that. And I, I just started mm-hmm. to get all kinds of carried away thoughts about, okay, well, fine, my character's not real. Then what am I doing here? What am I supposed to be doing mm-hmm. here? Like kind of, you know, those really big ones that yeah. that really shake you out of your your day-to-day. And previously, the reason I could recognize this is because I remember just like you spending a whole lot of hours being in that state. So now I'm able mm-hmm. to short circuit that path. But now this is like three, four years down the line. But, yeah. but now back in, back to like where we're starting in this journey of you trying to like kind of, you know, rise again, let's say, mm-hmm. tell me about that experience, you know, of you doing the, your, your first few breathwork exercises or your first mm-hmm. few, you know, things to make yourself better again. Like what, did that mean to you? It's, I mean, it really, it just meant everything in terms of I was finally, I was finally listening to my body and really taking care of it and doing the inner work. And from everything from, let's say, an an easier or or let's say nicer meditation or a really calming, relaxing breathwork class. I had also gone through different, you know, trauma healing and retreats where, which were just complete hell. But I I managed to also get through them and work on myself. And I think all, you know, with emotions and, and healings and my inner child, all that work that I had pushed away and not looked at for like 15, 20 years, that was finally able to really heal or really be seen and be seen and be heard for ourselves and and what, you know, what we want of asking, asking the, the bigger questions. So 
that was kind of one path and that was the you know the core or let's say the with the foundation of my journey going through it which was so life-changing and so needed because I don't you know I wouldn't be here today doing what I do had I not had I not done that work but the other path was also when I when I decided I wanted to go back to school and get more into um, both health and wellness as I studied first, but then uh, stress management, burnout prevention specifically, and also mindfulness was during the course of the two, uh, two and a half years with school, I, I also had a chance to find like-minded people. And the people that had, many of them had gone through similar things that I have. And many of them had actually been burnt out before. And when it happened to me, I didn't know, I didn't have anyone in my circle, any friends, anyone, like even anyone at work that had really gone through burnout before I had. Or maybe not admitting to it at least. Exactly. Very true there as well. But that part of just finding, you know, people there that had, you know, their shared, they shared their stories and they shared, you know, what was going on at work with them or toxic cultures or friendships, relationships that had worn on them for so, so many years that, I mean, school was all almost a therapy or a healing session in itself through those two years. Right. It's, you know, what's interesting to me is that now that you've, let's say, climbed out of sort of the lowest part of your journey Mm. and you're helping other people along the way, especially Mm. with your work that you do now, I find that mental health or or at least when we see somebody that we love or someone we care about Mm. suffering from things like this, especially if we've, you know, experienced them ourselves, it's, it seems to me that it's difficult to, for most people to find the signs that they need help or that they need mm. to actually do something about this at this point. Because I think a lot of us can be stubborn and think like, yeah, I feel down today, but whatever, I'll do my thing that I, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's drinking, maybe it's whatever yeah. other kind of relief that people do with this binging Netflix now mm. or whatever it yeah. is, but not necessarily thinking like, okay, I need to actually, you know, get help. And then mm. I know in your case, obviously hitting somewhat like a rock bottom is, it's like, you can't avoid it at that point. And now it's mm. desperation. You have to do it. Yeah. But like, are, have you discovered now, especially with working with clients, like, are there some things that are like clear indicators where you're like, look, dude, you need to get help. Like this isn't, mm. this mm. isn't a joke anymore. And this isn't something you can do on your own anymore. Like you really need some intervention yeah. here. Yeah. Like, have you, have you seen anything like that, especially working with your clients and, and helping other people? Yeah, there's there's definitely, I mean, you can start of, of looking at different symptoms that are coming up. I want to take another quick moment to thank our sponsors, Podcast Backdrops. If you do any kind of video content or pictures online or you're doing any sort of selling over Zoom calls, you really need to check them out because it will make you look professional from the get-go. Having your brand, your logo, and what you're all about behind you, hiding all your clutter, makes you look so much more professional when you put yourself out there on the internet. So check out Podcast Backdrops if you want to level up your game. 
and what is going on on your in your day to day life. Those examples of, you know, is it? It's so different for each and every one. This is this is the tricky part, and this is why you know it's also mentioned that you hit the wall running two hundred miles an hour because you don't see or you can't recognize the symptoms because it goes along with, you know, stress and what happens in our body with stress is also part of our evolution. And it is there for a reason. And our system and brain, you know, both body and brain are communicating with each other for perceived threats and, you know, go back to history of keeping ourselves safe. And it's there for a reason. So you know, stress itself isn't, that part isn't dangerous. The the dangerous part or, or what's very difficult and to see is the chronic stress over long periods of time. And of course, someone can react to and, and have had, you know, been in chronic, chronic stress, let's say for six months, for example, for many, many years, for example, myself was you know, I look at that as half of my lifetime. I was probably always in fight or flight mode in different situations or areas and relationships in my life. So it's very difficult to see the signs, but if you can become aware of them and look at, look at in terms of self-awareness, where am I, where am I being triggered or what is going on in both work and let's say relationships with who am I spending my time with? What are my habits? Also a huge one. What choices am I making for myself? Am I taking care of myself is a big one as well. And, you know, just with a lot of people want to shut down, you know, self-care, like, that's ridiculous. I don't need to take bubble baths, but it's not, you know, it's not really about that. It is really being aware of what do I, what do I need right now? What is the healthiest choice I can make for myself instead of, you know, going to, if it's Netflix, drinking, binge eating and you know, having that behavior as well. So much of what we do is avoidance, right? Like rather than confronting, because confronting is hard. And I think that's why, obviously in both of our perspectives, I feel like what I experienced several years ago was my rock bottom. And I think for Mm. you it's same. And I think it's hard because like we both want to avoid or prevent other people from having to go to their absolute lowest, worst place before they change. But it almost seems to me like that's how nature somewhat intends it to be for everyone's journey. It's like, you know, there's got to be something that shakes you to your core. And now you're like, you know, I think I need to change. And and let's look Mm. at it in a different example. Like for for people that go to the doctor, they get their blood work back and now it's like not looking so good. right? Like I know Mm. I've been in this Mm. way. I've had Mm. like I used to be a competitive bodybuilder for several years. So Mm. I was in very good, extremely good shape. But then I also started experimenting with drugs because mm. I wanted to like be an elite athlete. I wanted to see where could I take myself. And I knew that mm. I was in a competitive environment. So if I wanted to win, I wanted to see like, what would that be like if if mm. I chose that path? And, you know, of course that has its own consequences. And I think several years down the line, not looking like a bodybuilder and, and being mm. in a different sort of environment, working and all, I think 
we hold on to ideas of our past so strongly about like how we we were and how we're not like that today. And I feel like that's a huge tear for me. And, mm. you know, being aware of that that's happening within you and, you know, you touch up on mindfulness. I'd like to hear more about that mm. from you because it's, it's like, where does the snowball start? Or like, you know, yeah. how when you in cartoons, you yeah. see like a huge spiral of a snowball mm. starting as like a small thing. But by the time it comes down the mountain, yeah. it's this massive, massive thing. Right. So it's like, where, yeah. where did that start? And like, how can we, how can we kind of like get into it where, where you're, you're able to short circuit this giant, mm. like negative spiral that's about to happen. Like mm. from all the things that you've learned and, and have shared with your clients and, and in your own experience, mm. like what have you found to be most effective for like, you notice that this is like going to spiral into something bad and then like yeah, to get yeah. yourself out of it. So you don't go down that path. What's, what's most mm. effective in your experience? I mean, with, with this is really looking at, because it's funny when, when everything is going on in our life and we are completely stressed out, we will take away everything that continues to really support us and, and keep us healthy with prioritizing our sleep and our, and our eating habits, health-wise, exercise, all of those simple things kind of go out the window because either it's excuses or I don't have time management or I can't really find, you know, find the energy to, to keep that up. And you can really, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be miraculous, you know, huge things that are going to take so much time and energy. It is often the smaller things that will change you and support you in both, you know, setting boundaries, like I mentioned before, habits that will support high performance, you know, performance, optimal performance at work, also with self-awareness. And I, I go back to self-awareness so much because it really is the core of, you know, what is what are my patterns in terms of thoughts, feelings, behavior, you know, emotions there, or thoughts, emotions, behavior, what is going on each and every day of my life? And to really, you know, catch ourselves there and then, and to make the small changes. I personally feel like, okay, like I mentioned, I had the worst week probably of this whole year, this last mm. week. Mm. And in in that state, I almost can travel back to time where I was in the worst state, you know, several years ago. And it almost mm. feels like there's no evolution. And you're like, wow, yeah. I'm still yeah. in that same shit, basically. I'm in the same shit that mm. I was in several years ago. And you're like, well, what the heck? But then I have to snap myself out of it and like remind myself of all the progress that has been made throughout yeah. those years. And, and the things that I'm doing are actually, you know, definitely making me better. It's just that this is the time that's just not feeling right. So mm. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, everything is momentary anyway. Even if even your worst yeah. fear, your worst feeling, your worst thought that comes up that really is bothering you, something mm. that you're really believing in, you know, it's all temporary. And I think it is, it is yeah. for, from the mindfulness perspective. It's like when I started to discover 
mm. watching my own thoughts, sitting in meditation, just just to mm. sit and see how much is going on inside of me, what kind of things are whirling around, and mm. and never really like fully giving conscious recognition to that quiet space that we also have within us that's non-judgmental, yeah. that's not talking about everything in terms of an outcome or or this mm. is that because of this is how I've labeled it. Yeah. You know, like it's it's super important because we all tend to move around this world as if we're playing like a game of chess, right? Like we mm. have to be five moves ahead or whatever, or like yeah. I have to be tactical in this way or that way. Mm. But really though, like in your heart, you don't have to do anything except for be present in the moment you're in and everything takes care of itself in that time. Yeah. And I think some of these things that I'm mentioning now are coming from a place within me where these are my constant reminders to myself. It's like, mm. no matter how bad it gets, you're only asked to do with the present moment. You're not asked yeah. to deal with that thing and that's so big and seems scary, mm. right? And like, mm. but we get lost, I think, because of how we work with our technology these days. Our mind is, mm. I feel like our minds have evolved to be way more fast moving because we like are constantly yeah. shuffling between different screens, different tabs on our screens. So now mm. our mind is like that. Like, for example, how's this? I know you sent me a like a message on LinkedIn, right? Like a week or two ago, I got your email and I was supposed to send you this calendar invite. And mm. in my head, I had this as a task, but I started to think, I'm like, what is this? I see in my head, when I think about what I have to do with you, I can visualize my Google calendar. I can visualize the time block mm. and all this stuff. And you start to see like, how the hell did I get to thinking like this? It's like, the, all, like, my, like what is thinking? We don't take the time mm. to realize mm. that we have this mechanism that thinks, yeah. right? Like, this thought processing engine, like the way I call it, is like it mm. it has a mind of its own. And if you and it has basically very simple things. It works off of what you've what your senses have gathered, and it works off yeah. of any kind of input that you've given it, and then it's constantly spinning, constantly spinning. Mm. And it's and it's interesting because at sometimes it's completely out of our purview. Like we don't even think about that we're thinking, right? So then mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. having, if I don't take enough time, like at least once a day, you know, now twice a day to remind myself that I'm mm. always thinking about shit, like always, always. Mm. And mm. if I'm not, then I don't take enough time to recognize the quiet moments to give myself mm. that perspective, you know, and how much of this is happening to all the people around us. You see everyone, even when they're like walking at the beach here, they're, yeah. you can see when someone's thinking by looking at their facial expressions, yeah, right? Yeah, you're just like, yeah. you're like, you're clearly not like at this beach and enjoying yourself. This, you yeah, are not, yeah. you are not here. And I started no. to notice this a lot and I was starting to feel people's pain because mm. at that time I'm like, I'm, I'm actually, I feel that I'm, I, I feel more, I feel more empathy yeah, towards people. Yeah. I'm a, I, I'm an emotional guy even being mm. a bodybuilder and all that stuff. Like I've, I feel like I have a lot more feelings and I, and I don't think most bodybuilders are talking about their feelings out there, to be honest with mm. you. Mm. So, and the same with engineers, right? They're very like logical driven yeah. people. So I started mm. to feel like out of character when I started to discover these things. And I started to realize, well, mm. my character is also self-derived in my thoughts. The character yeah. is what I believe myself to be. That's not who mm. I really am. When no, I'm in no. the present moment with you right now, I'm not anything. Mm. I'm just another mm. human talking to you. Mm. And, yeah. and I feel like we forget these things a mm. lot. Yeah. And you mentioned the daily practices that you do to kind of get yourself there. Like, what do you, what do you think are like some of the most important ones for you every day? You know, like that you have to do, like, do you, do you tend to see, that was a long winded uh, the yeah. thing there, but like, <laughs> 
No, I, I loved it. I loved it. And I, I, I'd love to, if, if I may just really go, no, but go on that because I love what you said. I th- and I think it's really important to mention this just back in, in the beginning of, of speaking about this and, and you were saying with the lowest point of you feel that you've had the lowest week or, you know, this week uh, in your life. And I really want to mention the other thing of compassion and having compassion for ourselves and being where, you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. And I think so many people are trying to avoid it. Like we said before, you know, disguise our feelings, stuff our feelings, you know, away. We don't want to, we don't want to feel it. We don't want to see it. Let's just pack it away. And being able to have, you know, a bad few days, or if it's a week or whatever it is, you know, life is not, it's not like one little, one little line. It's, it's most of the times a roller coaster, but it doesn't have to be, you know, an extreme one. And I, think really being able to sit with ourselves and have compassion for that and almost back to acceptance like like we mentioned earlier of being okay what am i feeling right now you know what's going on what's going on how can i support myself right now if i want to lay in bed for the next 3 hours and just you know drink tea and snuggle up you know with my cat and my duvets then that's fine you know do that or or for me you know i'm i'm going to do that and be in that moment right there and then cuz i think we often like we're so hard on ourselves it would be you know much nicer to, we can show ourselves compassion. You know, we are our own best friend. And our worst support enemy. Our, yes. <laughs> but support ourselves and really practice that self-care with yeah. what do I, what do I need right, right now? Yeah. That's, that's super powerful. I think part the part about compassion is just, mm. <sighs> I heard of this from a, a psychologist that I follow and he said, Stop saying things that make you weak. And I was mm. like, that's a lot of wisdom in that statement. Because yeah. if you look at your self-dialogue, whatever it is doing, yes. if if it's saying anything about putting your own self down, it's not mm. helping you in any way. Yeah. You know, life is already a dilemma in itself. We don't know where we came from. We're all here and then we have mm. a certain amount of time and then we expire. So it's already tough enough. All of your loved yeah. ones are going to die. Every mm. one of them. Mm. It's terrible. Mm. And you and you go like, well, <laughs> what am I going to do about it? Well, unfortunately, mm. you can't do anything about it. That's just how mm. it is. And I think when we're in our low states, mm. we can't seem to find justification as to why continue. And I think for mm. me, it's it's always been a, a challenging piece because like I'll sometimes get into a very singular mindset of that this is it. Like I've. I've yeah. realized how terrible everything is. And I'm, I'm just like, what, what is the, what is the whole point of it all? Like, it's mm-hmm. a very, very negative nihilist, nihilistic attitude. And I, and I think, I think there's something to be said about that is that like, we, we just don't have all the facts. Like we, we can't make no. a conclusion about ourselves so 
so confidently. And I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword because I am somewhat like a, you know, confident person when I talk to like, Mm. you know, customers or I'm doing business and I'm trying to like, you know, get the best deal for everyone or whatever I'm doing. Mm. And I'm very much involved in it. I think it's, it's like in that state, I am unshakable. Like I feel Mm. that I'm on point. I'm doing everything right. Like I'm sure you can relate to this, right? If when you're in with a conversation with a client or something, you're like, this is what I'm doing. This is my, this is my life. This is what I do. This is what I'm good at. But contrary, when you're in this opposite state of like really not being certain about it and like you've made this really strong conclusion, I feel like it's the same mechanism. It's just now it has the wrong input or it has the Mm. non-beneficial input. Right. Yeah. It, it, but it's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's that same level of confidence and, and mm-hmm. conviction is there, but on the negative side. So mm-hmm. the reason I bring this up is because my wife and I were talking about this is when I get in these states, like I'll bring out mm-hmm. some of these negative thoughts that I have into words. Obviously, I mm-hmm. like to speak a lot. So yeah. I'll bring them out in the words, but I'm trying to figure out or I want to hear your take on like, when is it when is it best to not articulate or to speak about the negative things in your head? and hold them in versus to, to like put them out there. Like, you know, when do you see the case for both or, or either, you know, like, do you, do you feel any one kind of way about it? Like, should you not put out your negative thoughts or, or like to, mm. you know, voice them because then you're actually kind of like manifesting them into words, you know, versus mm. holding them in. But then you're also kind of like building this sort of, you know, box of like this things that you're not talking about, you know, yeah. so it's a, it's a weird yeah. sort of fine line there you know would love to hear your thoughts on that there's you know there's many there's many ways that we can kind of deal with this and and get it out i think the the most important thing is like you're saying not just stuff it away or put it on top of the box for it to pile up you can you know many people enjoy journaling or writing down their thoughts to just bring them up to the surface and it doesn't have to be, you know, in a negative aspect of I am this, or I'm thinking that, or, you know, this is happening to me. You can really open it up to more why questions, you know, right now I'm feeling this, this, and this, or so. Why, why are these thoughts coming up? And and kind of dig deeper with yourself in the questions of why, you know, why am I feeling, you know, what is behind my anger or what what is behind this right now for me? And to more, you know, bring that up with compassion again, like we're saying, but I think really curiosity, you know, being letting it letting it be more light and having a curious aspect of it. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get, you know, oh, the answers are going to be right in front of me in 10 minutes. I'm going to write this and everything's done, you know, boom, boom, done. It's more of, you know, you can allow yourself to be in that feeling or or with those thoughts and, and what's coming up. But as soon as you have them on paper or, you know, in front of you, you can also surrender to it and let it go. Yeah. And I can relate to that because when you actually do write it down, and in my experience, when I do Mm -hmm. write down my negative thoughts, nine out of 10 times, I see them transform on paper from a negative narrative 
to an empowering one because deep inside, I think that's what my heart is. It's not a negative heart. It's, it's full of love and it wants to give Mm. me encouragement to keep moving forward. But something has clouded my, my, my own like thinking. And, and that once you, I think put it on paper, as you're suggesting, it's, Mm. it's a, it's a transformative process because you're manifesting something that's completely non-tangible. It's in your thoughts. What are yeah. thoughts? I mean, yeah. really like, right? Yeah. They're not like a real thing in that sense, in a material mm. sense. But when you put them on paper, then you're like, wait, this is actually what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and when when you can shift it. I used to do this all the time when I was at my work and I was still in like a very bad state. I would get so anxious on every like mm. email or whatever I would get. Cause I would feel like the whole weight of the business was on my head. Mm. If this thing wouldn't get solved where I would just literally have a panic attacks, like super bad okay. panic attacks. Yeah. And I've never had them in my life as far as mm. I couldn't, at least not the ones that I could even articulate or point a finger to, but I would have these panic attacks where I would literally take a sticky note, you know, like those post-it notes mm. that are always on our desks and things like yeah. that. And I would just start writing down like, the diary of thoughts that was going on in my head, like whatever it was. And sometimes as silly as it sounds, I would draw smiley faces. I would just Mm. like draw a little smiley face because there's something about it. There's something about slowing down when your mind Mm. is going so fast that Mm -hmm. writing anything down that's in your mind is automatically like slowing it down because you can't write clearly as fast as you could think. Right. So that's true. It's, it's, uh, it just seems like a process of like, you know, it's no different than I guess exercising or something like you have mm, to, you have yeah. to just take the time to do it. You can't rush into it. Mm, you mm. know? Yeah. And really with just, you know, with checking in with yourself and what is going on each, you know, each and every, each and every hour, if that is the case, if you're having a really bad time or a bad few hours at work, you know, what is, what is going on right now? And to just become aware of it in a curious and kind way, because with that also you can then, you know, shift in terms of what do I need now or how can I best support myself right now? How can I, you know, do I need to step away just for five minutes and get some fresh air or, you know, have I even drink, you know, have I drank any water today? What am I doing? Have I had 10 cups of coffee or, or, you know, what is going on? Am I, am I, you know, trying to solve this, let's say issue at work or problem or trying to write in emails and I have five, you know, Red Bulls that I've already gone through. It's just a, just a really bringing the awareness to it and seeing what can I do right now to support myself through this? And just acknowledge the the feelings of, of what's coming up. Well, you know, all of these things that we're talking about are mm. sort of limited to the mind. They're all in our yeah. head. You know, beyond those, yeah. there's so much more to experience in this world that we just overlook, right? When we're just yeah. lost in our thoughts. like. Let's talk a little bit about that, you know, before we wrap up, because Mm. I want to hear about like how nature has helped you heal because we Mm. are creatures of this planet. We, even though, you know, we have, let's say a spirit or a spiritual side of us, the body is made up of what comes from this planet. I know you're a firm believer of you are what you eat. Your body gets only this size from all the food that you eat. There's nothing else, 
right? Mm. It keeps growing because you keep giving it food and the body knows how to make more cells and more tissue out of that. And now you get bigger yeah. and bigger yeah. and bigger, you know? And so it's amazing that we, we forget that like, there's an amazing, like there's a mesmerizing mystical part of life that we don't fully mm. understand, right? Like there's something about getting lost in the beauty of nature and, yeah. and just truly being awestruck and not being able to like explain mm. how it's all came to be. It's almost nicer yeah. to not have ideas about things, right? Because then you can truly mm. be with them, uh, mm. the things in life, right? Outside. Like, I think that was a large reason why I wanted to live away from the Bay Area and move to uh, San Diego, where I live now, closer to the water. Mm -hmm. Just because yeah. I like that feeling of just being able to stare at the waves coming and going mm. and not having to think about things. It's just like, there's yeah. no purpose to it. It's just, mm. purpose is to do it in itself. Like that is it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I want to hear, you know, your journey with nature a little bit and mm. how that's, that's mm. been a big help for you. Yeah. The part of both with nature, I'm a big water person as well. Like I love the ocean. I can't think of, you know, anything, anything better, ocean water, lake water. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm a, I'm a water person. It really is, you know, you mentioned earlier on the guy on the beach where you said you see someone and they're not present at all. They're all in their thoughts. Um, they're not taking, you know, being fully in their body right now. They're somewhere way off. And I think with, especially with nature and just being, if it's active or if you're doing a meditation on the beach or you're, if you're on a hike, whatever it is, it's, it brings you back to the present moment in, in such a way of, you know, you can experience this through all, all of our senses of, you know, what am I hearing right now? Um, what am I seeing? What am I, you know, feeling the, the warm breeze on, you know, on my chest and shoulders? How does the sand feel in my hands? You know, the smell, just with the senses and how nature can bring us back to the present moment and with, with mindfulness of just being with that. It's almost like it, it, it gives us a chance of being into like beginner's mind again of this is a completely new situation. You know, what am I seeing here in front of me? And it, it might sound very simple and very, you know, that's ridiculous, Rebecca. What, what am I supposed to be doing there? I'm, I'm at the beach. I just want to enjoy myself. But there's something that happens within us, just calmness you know, mind, body, and soul. And I think with alignment that you, you know, shared earlier today as well, that, you know, breathing, inhale and exhale within nature and with your body and, and being fully present in that moment. I, there's, there's nothing better for, for me personally. Because this whole talk about like, what's the point, what's the purpose of this is all in mm -hmm. the mind. It's all yeah. about a potential future because if you're truly present in the moment, there is no purpose. Mm. You are in your purpose. No. There's no thinking yeah. about the purpose of this, right? Like, mm. like what we were saying earlier about like when you're super into the conversation with someone yeah. or you're, you're super involved in the task that you're doing, 
you're not mm. wondering, is this my purpose? Am I doing that? You, no. You're already, yeah. you're, you're, you're beyond that. You're not, mm. you're in the flow. Right. And I think that's mm. the ideal place where we all want to be, where we want to just yeah. move through a life with, with conviction and not necessarily doubt and mm. constantly like, but then there's a, there's something to be said about, you know, reflecting when you're and being aware that, Hey, like I'm not feeling good, like, or I'm not feeling okay. And mm. that's okay to not be okay. Like you yeah. said, which is so important. Mm. Uh, and not to make it seem like, you know, it's okay to be less, less than yourself, but it's, it's okay to re recognize that that's happening, that it's not something yeah, that's, yeah. Un, that's like, oh, foreign, that I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. No, there's no, I'm not exactly. supposed to. I feel like that's the, no. that's the big one. Like, are, yeah. how do you know you're not supposed to, Who by whose standard are you not supposed mm, to, right? Like, mm. and, and, and then that's just like, I, I see that as like thoughts, fighting other thoughts, fighting other thoughts, fighting yeah. other thoughts. And it's like, how about we go beyond thoughts? How about we not yeah. think? How about yeah? How about we not put any words out? How about we just be quiet mm. and and mm. completely quiet? And maybe if we write down mm. things, we write down and 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 we yeah. stay with that activity. You know, mm. I know it's late for you, and I feel terrible keeping you up uh, more no, than I have no, to. No, no, it's fine. Um, it's you fine. know, it, it's this is this has been lovely, and I'm only like getting kind of like warmed up. I feel now, and I want to <laughs> keep going with you. Yeah, but. Uh, Curious to hear after all the things that you've gone through and everything mm. that you have experienced, do you feel that your life has more meaning now? And and is it is it considered a meaningful life by your own standards now? Or do you feel like there's still, you know, a little bit of struggle with that uh, on and off? You know, just help me understand, like, from your human perspective, like, do you think that you're completely out of it or do you still have like oscillations of you know contemplating your purpose and and your mm. meaning in life great question great question i feel i mean the 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 best way i can really put it i feel purpose things in my life are are crystal clear that that is for sure but one thing that has come to me and I think believe truly come to me through burnout and going, you know, into that black hole is getting through it to the other side. And it was not easy by, by any means, but getting through it to be at complete peace in my life right now and just have, you know, the freedom is like, truly priceless I, I can say would you say then that's part of the reason why because i can imagine you're probably not making that tech money doing wellness and health no, no, <laughs> you know no, what I mean? exactly. so like yeah and thankfully you were able to still you know move to your parents house you know i i my hope is that everyone has a decent relationship with their family enough when things get yeah. bad that they can do so <gasps> But I'm sure mm -hmm. like there was a hurdle around like, well, what am I going to do financially? And what am I going to, Oh gosh, know, yeah. Like, yeah. To, you know, maybe tell yeah. me a little bit about that. I'm sure that's very relatable to people that are, that feel stuck in their yeah. you know, dilemma. I mean, I am someone, uh, I've been dead broke, really dead broke, you know, not staying in my own home and being a student at, at that stage, especially going through burnout. but also starting school. And again, it was always, you know, I remember those conversations, just conversations with, with myself of, 
going to the grocery store and basically, okay, what am I, what am I going to choose today? Because I can't have both. Am I, am I going to buy some, you know, dairy-free milk or am I going to buy some gluten-free spaghetti? Whatever it is. The, the point being that I was also walking in a place of I've never been happier in my life. And with that, again, the peace and freedom that comes with that and being able to hear people in the grocery store, you know, on their cell phones, either, you know, fighting if it's, if they're working nights and, and having, you know, they're discussing a meeting or a situation at work and just being so thankful that I don't, you know, I don't have that in my life or I'm not going, going through that right now because I've, you know, found my other path and my true path, that, that freedom is, is just so priceless. Is there anything you could share with me about building your own wellness business that could help me? Because I feel that that's something that I'm also trying to do where I, I really, you know, the whole point of the podcast is to have conversations like this, where we can talk about the things that nobody's really talking about out in the open and, and really share like the human perspective of even the best of us, even the most driven ones, the ones that you potentially can think like have it all together, go through some of the same things that, you know, uh, that other people go through, you know? And so it's, it's all part Mm. of our experience. And Mm. I think I feel a larger part of my calling is exactly that is to take the skills that I have, what I'm good at, and then marry that with the serving attitude of, I want to help others and I want to find mm. ways to give someone else peace of mind uh, or, or at least yeah. introduce them to what that would feel like, even if it's in a conversation with me. And that's, that's the mm. only time they get it, mm. you know, and is there anything you could share with me about creating, you know, uh, your, your work out of that or your, your income out of that? Or is it just at that, at this stage, not about that for you in terms of like, I mean, I'm sure you have expenses and things like that, right? So. Yeah. I think there's a a few parts with it. I practice, I practice a a lot of gratitude. I have a lot of thankfulness, of course, of where I'm at. And just in terms of, you know, health, like health, health is everything for me. And health is on the top of my list. No, you know, no matter what it's like health and, and family. But health is always first for me. Yeah, without your health, you're not alive. No. And just being able to do this and to be on a path of of starting, you know, a new business and and doing others, of course, I have, there's the commitment and drive and and purpose and everything of, of why I'm doing this and the big why. And through my healing as well, that was something that came up you know, I am so committed to not letting another person go through what I went through and go through that suffering that I went through. Because you just, you just, you don't wish this on anyone. And I, yeah. And I, and I also think in terms of 
mental health is mental health, wellness, health, you know, what's going on, I think, right now in our world, but also with COVID is it's just opened up this, it's been such a year for reflection, but it's opened up this time of communication and more communication about mental health and really working on, you know, ending the stigma. And I think just with the more conversations we're having and meeting more people and especially generations growing up now, and that kind of ties into, you know, the screen time and cell phones and, and all of that. I think on, on the other hand, you know, mental health is, is not going away. I think, unfortunately, it, it will be getting worse for, for us you know, living in the world that we're doing over the next 5, 10, 15 years. I like that. I always ask this question before I let someone go. Is like, you know, how, how is it that you want your work or you to be remembered, you know, or, or do you not care about that? Because I've heard both now. I've heard interesting things where people are like, well, yeah. when I'm gone, I'm gone. I don't really, <laughs> you know, but I always ask, you know, how, how do you want to be remembered? And what do you remember for, I guess? Mm. I mean, I'd love to be remembered of helping, you know, helping people and being there for people so that they feel heard and seen and really that they are supported in what, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing or whatever they're going through. It doesn't matter of your age, of your what you look like, where you are in the world. I really to be that approachable and holding, you know, a safe space for anyone that really needs it. That's beautiful. I love that. You know, I think mm. uh, in a lot of ways I want to project the same thing and, and uh, mm. I will add love to that. You know, I want to be. Yes. I actually kind of like when uh, people misread me as like something that I'm quite not. And then they get to know me. They're like, well, you're, you're not what I thought you were. And that to me is nice. I'm like, well, good. I'm glad you took the time to get to know me better. And I'm Mm. glad that we took the time to get to know each other better, especially today. Yeah, I'm very thankful. And I think uh, this is going to be a very good conversation for anybody else to listen back Mm. to. So before I let you go, is there anything at all that you would like to, you know, talk about or share with uh, people that might hear this? I'm so grateful that we could do this today and thankful as well with that, because I know, like we've said, we've crossed paths on different ways here on LinkedIn, but really getting to know you and having this conversation, I'm, I'm very grateful with this because, you know, we're not alone in, in, in what we're doing today and, and really living our life. I think the more we speak about it and the more we open up, we learn that we're not alone. And that's why I really appreciate, you know, your vulnerability with that and, and more people to, you know, to feel that they can be vulnerable and to think about these things. Because more often than not, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one feeling like this, or I've been struggling with this for so long. 
you know, I can't believe they've been through very similar things, for example. Yeah. Well, it is, it can be misleading, especially I said this in the last podcast we did today where I was like, social media is not the entire story of any person. No. At all. At all. (laughs) There's so much more to a person than a two minute clip or a picture or a text or Mm. a blurb. Like there's a lot more, we're very complex creatures. We have lots of things that go on. And, you know, Mm. ultimately I feel, you know, that this whole game that we're here for is ultimately to recognize the love that's in our hearts and to to give that out and to be just grateful for what we have, because really we we weren't invited into this by our own choice into Mm, this existence. mm. And we Mm. don't, we don't necessarily leave with our own choice either. So it's quite beautiful what's been created and given to us. And, and, you know, this is, this is here. So thank you again so much. But please, if you- thank you, thank you so so much. No, I, I, I was just going to fill on what you were saying there. I love the love and connection part, and I thought you might in, enjoy just hearing this. With um, just this year, I did a with COVID happening, of course, but during the summer end of um, end of fall, did a quite big research with you know me and my team that I, that I have and just reflections on what has been going on this year. And, and people kind of, of course, stress related and the challenge of everything that has come up. But one thing that was just so heartwarming and, and beautiful to hear is, you know, 80% of the people I spoke to, they were all, they all mentioned that, yeah, it's been tough working from home, but I've actually gotten so much time to reflect and actually appreciate what I have, you know, I've had time to spend with my family now in a completely different way, which I didn't have when I was commuting two hours or spending, you know, 10 hour days at work. Um, And it really has opened their eyes and they, you know, they have just, gained a whole new perspective and I think appreciation with life. So even with all that's happened this year, I really believe that in some way it's also a, a blessing in disguise for for us, us as humans. Is the year that woke up a lot of people. Woke up. There you go. Yeah. It's yeah. been amazing. And we can't we can't forget this year to be just like, oh, I'm glad it's done. It's like, no, this is a really important yeah. year. In yeah. our, in our oh, lives. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's really it. It's very important. And and, and we have yeah. to accept it. Like, like we mm. talked about all these other things mm. and nothing's, nothing's permanent. It's all coming and going. So it's, it is it's really yeah. about keeping yourself in the best state through these comings and goings, you know, the best yeah. possible state that you yeah. can be in. And then that really will make sure you have the best time with this journey. Really. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And and presence, just like you mentioned before, I think, you know, one day at a time right now. Yeah, whatever one, one it means for you. Time. For some people, yeah. it could be one minute, one hour. Yeah, whatever oh, exactly. it is. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, just one, one, um, one moment at a time. One moment at a time, indeed. Lovely. Rebecca, this has been super pleasant. And uh, thank you so nice. for staying up late at night for me. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, no, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our We'll our we'll have to do one of these again next year. You know, and 
if you're uh, ever out here and COVID is not happening, we'll definitely um, try to link up because I do, when it's not COVID, I do travel quite a bit up back up to the Bay Area. I still yeah. have a lot of customers up there. So I'd love to, you know, meet up and oh, see cool. you. Oh, cool. Yes, I'd love to do that for sure. I'm Fantastic. I'm hoping to be back as soon as possible now. So Good. we'll see for next year. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody, for checking out this podcast. Rebecca, before we leave, tell everybody your website and where they can find you. Wellnessbyrebecca.com. Uh, so you can find me there. Website, LinkedIn, Wellness by Rebecca, Instagram as well, Wellness by Rebecca. And you post great content, by the way. It's all very, very nice. You. you definitely take your time to do it. So you guys check her out. And thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye now. Thank you for checking out this show. I really appreciate your time and I can't wait to hear from you. If you want to give me any feedback or want to get in touch, know someone that I should put on the show, reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you are online, you bet you can find me there. Just search for The Real Abinov. Thank you and we'll see you next time.